You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 207. Hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. Today, we're going to talk about how to get executive buy-in. Now, last week's episode was about becoming an impact driver instead of an order taker. I shared that one of the ways to get executive buy-in quickly is to shift your focus from driving process-first thinking and process-first actions to driving principles-first behaviors. And all of that was based on the episode I did talking about the process versus principles debate that I was a part of at the University of Maryland Project Management Symposium. So I talked about that approach and my preferred approach and why. And in that episode, which was two episodes ago, I mentioned the concept of being an order taker versus an impact driver. And that was what we talked about last week. These are very important concepts to understand that lead into executive buy-in. And what's very important about the things you must do and must not do if you want to get executive buy-in. So you can listen to this episode on its own and it stands on its own without listening to the two prior episodes, but they do weave together in terms of thinking about your role as an impact driver differently and how you can step into more of a business leadership role instead of only focusing on project execution. So today I'm going to share with you some different ways that you can earn respect and buy-in from your business leaders so that you are able to more effectively bring change to the organization. So this works for you whether you are on and managing projects and also if you are building a PMO or strategy delivery team or transformation team and you need to gain executive support and buy-in for the change you're bringing to the organization. You'll learn about the executive's perspective, how to communicate the value of your organization, build relationships, establish trust and the credibility, demonstrate quick wins, and how to address any resistance that comes along the way. So stay tuned for everything you need to know about getting executive buy-in for your PMO or strategy delivery team. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the Impact Summit. It's back, baby. In September of this year, the Impact Summit will be live. But until then, you want to make sure you're registered for free for this event now because we're going to be doing some fun celebration and goodies only for those already registered for the free Impact Summit all summer long. So just go to impactsummit.global, check out some of the topics we'll be covering, the speakers that are involved, and learn about all the great things that we are going to be bringing to you over the summer and leading up to the big event in September of 2023. Just go to impactsummit.global, register for free, and let's get this party started way early. Okay, let's dive in. While this episode is really designed to focus on the PMO and strategy delivery teams and business and agile transformation teams, there is a lot that you can learn even if you're not running one of those groups because executive perspective and executive buy-in is really needed for every change we're bringing to the organization. So I'm going to talk about it from the lens of the PMO or all things organizations responsible for driving strategy delivery. And you also want to think about this in terms of the people managing the projects and doing the work. So if you are one of those people, great. 
Stay with me here. This is all going to be relevant to you. And if you are in more of a PMO leadership role, then you want to be thinking about this in terms of what you can do to coach and support your project team members and project managers so that they also know how to shift their focus and understand how to get that executive buy-in across their projects. So let's start with the executive perspective. When it comes to the executives, they are primarily focused on the organization's overall strategic goals and objectives. They're responsible for steering the ship, making sure that all the right decisions are being made and that they have what they need to make those critical business decisions. They are responsible for driving business success. So to get their buy-in for your PMO, you have to be aligning your objectives to theirs. That means the objectives of your projects and of your PMO and the services and capabilities it's delivering and your own mission, vision, and objectives for you and your team. You see, executives see projects through the lens of their impact on the organization's bottom line, customer satisfaction, market position, ability to drive the outcomes they need. They want to know how projects are contributing to things like revenue growth, cost savings, or improved efficiency. And if you're in a nonprofit, it's all about mission, baby. So what's the mission of your organization and how do these projects help you achieve that mission? So when you talk about the PMO and you're talking about the services or capabilities you want to create for the PMO, it is critical to clearly articulate the value that team is going to bring to the table. Now, next week, just so you know, I have one of my dear friends and special guests, Andy Jordan, joining us, where we are going to talk about value and the term of a value management office, or if you've seen that recent article that was released about the XMO. So I'll dive into more about what it should be called and if and how that matters in the next episode. But for now, just think about when you're talking about the PMO, it's really important that that value proposition is clear. Now, I go into a lot of detail on this on a lot of episodes because it's so important for you to understand why the PMO is there, not from a templates, tools, and process perspective, but in terms of the value it's driving for the organization. Because remember, a PMO is there to drive the highest possible return on investment for the organization's strategy as quickly as possible. That's what it's there to do. That's what I teach in my Impact Engine system and in our PMO Advantage webinar, which you may have seen recently. All of this is helping you understand how to do what we're talking about here. Show and create value for your organization without spending any time selling the PMO. One really effective way to gain executive buy-in is by demonstrating how your PMO can improve project success rates. But it's not just success in terms of on time, on scope, on budget. Executives want to see that their investments are yielding tangible results that make them worth doing in the first place. So you want to make sure that you're highlighting how the PMO can increase project success rates in their eyes. So more than just the triple constraint, also including things like return on investment and efficiency and cost savings and other various measurements based on whatever they care about. You want to also make sure that you are showing how you can reduce risk, drive greater throughput, not slow things down, and then whatever else your business leaders care about. We spend a lot of time teaching how to do this in the assessment stage of the Impact Engine system because this is so critically important. In fact, 
all of stage two of our program drives you through every single step of the process you need to go through to really clearly understand the executive perspective, what they care about, what's keeping them up at night, the challenges they're experiencing. And by the way, the executives are individual people, which means each one of them has their own unique perspective and their own WIFM, what's in it for me, things that they care about. So it's important to look at all of these different aspects, which is why we spend so much time teaching it in the impact engine system, so that you can clearly address the wide variety of pain points and challenges and concerns and possible ways to show value for your organization. Another aspect you may want to consider is things like resources. Now, a lot of times project people think that they have a resource problem when what they really have is executives not doing their job to prioritize problem. And so executives need to ensure that resources are allocated effectively across the organization, but you've got to show them how you can optimize resource allocation, streamline process, and avoid any places where there's a duplication of efforts. The way you do this is really important. You're not looking for maximal resource utilization, 100% resource utilization, because do you know what 100% resource utilization actually looks like? It looks like a highway during rush hour. Every space on that road is utilized and nobody is going anywhere. So what you want to do instead is drive greater throughput. So how do we increase flow, like my dear friend Mike Hannon talks about all the time, increase the throughput and ability to drive change faster? Now, that's something business leaders are going to be excited about. What they can't stand hearing is, we need more resources, we need more resources, when really that's just a symptom of the underlying root cause of trying to do too much work at once because it wasn't properly prioritized or misunderstanding the goal. So it's really important you understand the goal is not 100% utilization, it is maximal throughput. And when you shift that whole mindset, you will do different things, but you'll get better results. Wouldn't your executives love it if they've been consistently not meeting goals on projects year after year, and this year you could get them to 100% of their project goals by staggering the work throughout the year and doing it when you actually have people available instead of everybody starting everything all at once day one of the new budget year? Or if you've been doing okay with that, what if you could double or triple or even quadruple by creating a focus on maximal throughput instead of on maximal utilization? By the way, these are the kinds of concepts that we talk about at the Impact Summits. So make sure you are registered because I'm sure we will have a session on this kind of thing. And I can ask Mike if he'd be willing to share some input on how he teaches our Impact Accelerator Mastermind coaching students how to do exactly this. So just remember, the goal is to connect with executives and speak their language and understand what matters to them. That means for you that you've got to translate the benefits of the PMO into terms that actually connect to and resonate with their strategic objectives. For example, you want to think about how you can emphasize what the PMO does to enable faster time to market, that increased flow that I was just talking about for new products, or enhances the organization's ability to adapt and shift and be nimble and flexible when market conditions change. Just as examples. You see how all of that is business speak, not project speak. The reason a lot of you struggle to get buy-in from your executives is you try to shove a bunch of project speak at them and they don't hear it, they don't understand it, and they shouldn't. Instead of trying to make them get you and understand you, you should be trying to get them and understand them and understand what the business is all about and speak that language. 
It's also important to present the PMO as a strategic business partner instead of just an administrative function. Executives value collaboration and they want to work with teams that contribute to the organization's overall success, not just check boxes, shove people through process, or hand templates to people to fill out. So show how the PMO can provide strategic insight, better decision-making, facilitate cross-functional collaboration, and make sure that projects are derived from and aligned with the organization's strategy and long-term vision and goals, and that all efforts are made to ensure that the most important goals for the organization are met first. So if you're trying to gain executive buy-in, it's not a one-time thing. It's not a box-checking exercise. None of this is. So you have to make sure that you're not doing just a one-time activity of, great, I got that person on board, I'm going to move on now and check the next thing off my list. It requires building relationships and trust over time, regular communication and progress updates and showing how the work you're doing is moving the needle for the organization are essential to keeping your executives engaged, informed, educated, and understanding the value that your PMO brings to the table. So let's talk a little bit more about how you actually communicate the value of the PMO. First, it's crucial to highlight the benefits and outcomes that the PMO brings to the organization. Remember, it's not just about outputs and deliverables. It's about driving better business outcomes. So talk about how the PMO can improve the success rates of projects in their eyes. Think about your messaging and make it more impactful by considering some specific examples or case studies that demonstrate what your PMO has done. So If there are stories you can tell about where your team came in and rescued troubled projects, or you facilitated collaboration across teams, or you improved the decision-making process with sped up projects, those real-world examples provide concrete proof of the value you bring to the table. And it allows you to highlight different projects and teams that are doing well and what you did to help them do well. A lot of PMO people don't like to toot their own horn. And the problem with that is if you don't tell the positive story and control the narrative about what your organization is doing, someone else will. Again, this is another thing we spend a lot of time on in the Impact Engine system. In stage four, when we build the business plan for the PMO, that's right, do not ever build a charter for your PMO. It must be a business plan. I have a whole podcast episode dedicated to this, which is episode 87. You can listen to that at pmostrategies.com forward slash 087. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 087, where I answer the question as to whether or not you should have a charter for your PMO. Now, hint, hint, the answer is no, but what is the right thing to have instead? A business plan. I talk all about that in episode 87 if you want to go listen to that one. So in stage four, when we build the business plan, part of what we're looking at is the whole communications and marketing strategy. So you need to have not just communications planning work done, but how are you going to market the PMO and the value it brings to the table? This is very different than sales. Marketing is all about matching the pain points and challenges of your business leaders and your stakeholders with what the PMO does to solve that. It's about solution to problem. So your marketing plan for your PMO needs to explain to the organization the value you're bringing to the table, and you have to plan for good storytelling. So once you start delivering your services and capabilities like we teach in stage five, we show you how to use those stories to 
have the right conversations with your business leaders and stakeholders about the value you're bringing to the table. Stories stick with people. People love to hear good stories. Oh, and speaking of, Don Mahan is going to be talking about storytelling at the Impact Summit. Again, make sure you're registered. So we're going to be covering how to tell good stories about your projects and your PMO so that that can do the marketing for you. People love a good story. Another thing you're going to want to focus on is how the PMO is aligning projects to the organization's strategic goals. Make sure you have a clear way to show, like some of our clients put together some really good slides that they present to their leadership team showing how what they're doing is in direct alignment with the entire strategic planning process. And that's really important because it shows, okay, you're doing the strategic planning. Here's where the PMO can help facilitate that process and how we ensure that everything's mapped from there directly to the goals of the teams and the projects that they're working on. You also want to be able to showcase how the PMO is helping to drive better decision-making through data-driven information and resources and reporting that is not based on feelings, but more on what actually is happening and what you predict to happen on these projects. Now, you don't want to overwhelm with data, but you do want to drive better decision-making through data and make sure that data is meaningful, that you have good metrics and reporting, not just about project progress or on time, on scope, on budget, but also on those measurable business benefits, value, and return on investment you're driving. Now, one really important thing that we really focus on in the impact engine system is when you're having all these conversations with stakeholders early in the process, you're collecting the things that matter to them most so that when you're coming back and doing your messaging, you're tailoring that messaging to be specific to your audience. And that could mean that your messaging changes based on every single individual person that you're talking to. So you have to understand that and you have to understand how to, when you're in group settings, weave the WIFM of each of your individual stakeholders into those conversations. There's an art to that and it's really important that you learn how to do that because remember, you're elevating yourself to be a business leader, a peer to the stakeholders that you're working with and the executives, the business leaders, instead of an administrative box checker, order taker. You want to be an impact driver and this is a part of how you do that. Now, another really important thing that we do focus on and I think is really important is when you're doing all of that stakeholder engagement, you're using that as an opportunity to build relationships. Remember when I said about the relationship process and it's not a one-time thing? This is an ongoing engagement exercise, not just I met with you once to get your input and now I'm going to go off and never talk to you again. You have to build genuine relationships with people and show genuine interest in their goals and challenges and their vision for the organization. So you have to look for opportunities to make sure that your objectives and focus is in alignment with what they care about. So you have to have regular, honest, open communication. One thing I've noticed is that the PMO leaders that tend to succeed are the ones that are not afraid to tell the truth and to share the information with executives that they may not want to hear. Now, how you do it is important, but you have to make sure that you are giving them the truth of what's really going on and showing them how to improve the situations that they're in and how you specifically and your team can improve those situations for them. So you've got to have a two-way relationship, two-way engagement, more formal and informal relationship building techniques. So having a 
15-minute coffee break meeting with someone virtually or in person and talking about things that aren't work, but then also having conversations more formally with them, with the teams of executives to drive better decision-making, to show them what's really going on in the organization. Be their eyes and ears to tell the truth because they can't be in every situation and in every conversation. So they need to know that they can trust you to always give it to them straight unbiased, unfiltered, and without complaining, but show them what's really happening and show them how to get to better results. Executives love that when they know they have people that they can count on to help them, truly help them. Now, another thing that we do is teach our students how to, at the end of stage two, after they've done all the assessment work and relationship building, Another really important thing to do is to engage your executives, and we teach our students how to do this, engage your executives the right way in the process of prioritizing and creating focus for the PMO. You never go to them and say, what should the PMO do for you? You lead them on a journey of understanding their challenges and build relationships with them, and then you bring them into the fold of prioritizing the areas that your PMO is going to focus. You don't have them tell you the solutions, and you don't shove solutions at them, but you have them engaged in the process of what you're building. That can be done through governance process and through the right meetings that are bringing through key points in your evolution of your PMO. And that's why I go slide by slide in our template of what you should cover in those conversations, because it's so important you get that right. And there is an important relationship that you must have, whether you call it a sponsor or an executive stakeholder or a key stakeholder, whatever you call it, you do need to have a really important trusted relationship, advisory relationship with somebody in the executive team that cares about the PMO. This may or may not be your boss, but you want someone preferably at the C-suite level or at the top of your executive leadership chain that really cares about what you're building and is willing to be there to remove barriers for you and help you make decisions and support your process. If you don't have that right away, you definitely want to build that with someone and figure out who the person is that cares the most. And you want that to be the most senior person that you can find because they'll have the most influence and ability to drive the changes you need and support you when you need to get that influence going in other parts of the organization. Now, for you to build credibility and trust, that does take time. But a fast way to do it is simply to do what you say you're going to do. That means you've got to be very careful about what you commit to and make sure that you're committing to things that are reasonable that you can do. I remember being back inside an organization where I was building a PMO and I was just promoted from the department-specific PMO that was really successful to an enterprise function and also including more shared services capabilities beyond specific PMO-type capabilities, more of a strategy delivery office like we help a lot of our clients build. Now, I was meeting with all the executives across all the different departments, and I remember getting what I call Thanksgiving eyes. I wanted to solve everybody's problems. And so when I met with these executives, I would say, yes, we absolutely can do this. And yes, we can do that. And before you know it, I had yesed my way around the whole organization telling everybody that we could do something to help them. The problem was, is I didn't also set expectations as to when we could do it or what order we were doing it in. And I hadn't yet learned the technique I now teach our students about bringing those executives together into the fold to prioritize effectively. Now, of course, eventually I figured out how to do that because I had found myself in a situation where I was, yes, we can do this all over the place. And now everybody thought their thing was going to be addressed first. 
So after a couple of bumpy months of not managing their expectations well and everyone saying, what have you done for me lately? I learned, okay, I got to get all these folks together and let them help me prioritize where we spend our energy based on the problems that they want solved. And that collaboration got us to a much better solution. But I'm trying to save you the headaches. So I'm telling you now, be careful what you commit to and be sure that you can do whatever it is that you say that you're going to do to support them. Commitments matter. It also means just focusing on high quality outcomes for projects, meeting deadlines, making sure that the project process is managed well to drive better throughput, showing that you can be relied upon, that you're professional, that you have built a reputation in your organization, not just with the executives, not just managing up, but across the organization as somebody that can be trusted and become that strategic business partner that your business leaders and stakeholders need to be successful. One way you can build that credibility is by finding ways to create quick wins. Now, quick wins has some negative and positive connotation depending on your experience. What I'm talking about here is small, easily implemented, impactful changes or projects that you can do without tons and tons of people being involved and without a ton of formal process, just things you can do quickly. Now, when you're meeting with your executives and stakeholders like we teach in the assessment stage and asking all of the important questions and all that, you want to be looking for the things that you could do to solve a problem quickly. Sometimes sending an email, facilitating a meeting, facilitating a conversation, just getting somebody unstuck, helping them prioritize work could be a quick win that goes a long way to moving the needle for that particular executive. So you don't have to have quick wins for everybody, but if you can find a way to do something quickly that doesn't require a whole project, but shows value fast, that can be super helpful to you in building credibility with those stakeholders and solidifying those relationships. So look for places when you're having these good conversations with executives that you can do something to remove a barrier, get something moving forward, and then show the executive that you heard them, you understand their challenges, and that you've got their back. That can go a really long way. Just be careful that what you're doing isn't actually something that deserves a whole project in and of itself and real dedicated and focused time. It is only a quick win if it is something that can be done quickly. Now, as you're building these relationships, you may come across somebody that isn't quite on board with you. Now, we go into a lot of this again inside the Impact Engine system. I'm telling you, the reason I created that program is that I had to address every single one of these what-if scenarios that PMO leaders need to go through in order to solve all the challenges of their unique situation. So another thing we talk about is the different types of stakeholders, how to assess where they are on the journey of being supportive or not so supportive, and how to bring them with you through the process. It can be tempting to just ignore the people that are not supportive, and that is dangerous. We have what we call the lovers, the haters, and the just don't cares. And it's hilarious when we are in one of our Impact Accelerator Mastermind coaching group sessions and someone says, okay, I've got a hater. What do I do about it? Okay, I've got the lovers, but I need to make sure they stay there. What do I do? Or we've got a just don't care on our project and really could use some help. So it's really funny to use that terminology because everyone gets it and understands it and we have a good laugh about it, but it actually is super helpful. You have the people that really love working with you and supportive and hopefully that's your sponsor and other key stakeholders. And then you have the people that are not so excited about working with you or are resisting you and 
A lot of people, because they don't want to be involved in conflict, tend to ignore those people, and that's a bad idea. You actually want to give them a voice and hear them out because you're probably going to learn some things that will help you better serve the whole organization by hearing them out. So we always say, hug your haters, find out what it is that they're worried about, concerned about, fearful of, and address their challenges. Finding a quick win you can address for one of those haters can go a long way. And then there's the just don't cares. And they're the ones that are resisting you, but you may not even know it, or they're just acting like your PMO doesn't exist at all. That's dangerous. You have to make sure that you are showing value in terms that every stakeholder group cares about. So if you have people that are resisting you or ignoring you, here's a few things you can do to address that. You see, you might have executives that have reservations or they're doubtful about implementing a PMO or they've had a bad experience in the past. You still need to secure their support. So it's crucial to anticipate and understand the common concerns that your executives have, which is why it's so important to talk to each of them individually and then as a group. And that could be any worries about the cost of implementing your PMO and disruption to the existing processes or the perception that you're going to create a bunch of unnecessary bureaucracy, which are real things that a lot of PMOs do. So it's reasonable for those things to be concerns. Remember that half of PMOs that are ever attempted never launch because they go so slow and they're not showing value quickly. The other half that do make it, half of those fail within two to three years. Why do they fail? Because of these very real concerns. Those concerns are valid because a lot of PMOs are heavy, bureaucratic, slowing things down, costing a lot of money and not showing a lot of value. That's why everything that we teach and that you learn from me through these podcasts and through our Impact Engine system is so focused on helping you show real value in terms that business leaders care about. So you've got to understand what those concerns are, and you're only going to understand them if you're really focused on driving those relationships. And when you are trying to address those concerns, it goes back to the storytelling and the value, understanding what they care about and speaking in the business language so that what you're talking about is things that are aligned with what matters to them. When you do that, you are able to knock down those barriers a lot faster. And you also don't need to be a super expensive organization to start. One mistake a lot of PMO leaders make is trying to put technology in place first, which can cost five, six, seven figures right away. And that can be way too much. They need to see some of those quick wins first. It doesn't hurt to take people through process manually before you start trying to automate. You got to have good process to automate. And if you put technology in too soon, you could automate really bad process and end up slowing things down even further. Another technique that you can use is taking those lovers, the ones that are actually really engaged with you and excited and happy about what you're doing and doing some of those quick wins with them and then using those stories to help you move other people along the spectrum from really wanting nothing to do to you closer to actually being interested and curious. We've done this with a lot of our clients and with our mastermind coaching students where we've shown them how to take those early quick wins and then showcase that, like especially at like an executive team meeting where you can talk to the executives and then let them tell their success stories and show the progress they're making. And then the other executives are going to say, wait a minute, if it worked for my peer, I don't want to be left behind and I want that same benefit. Can I be next? 
We've watched our students and clients do this again and again, and it's so active because the executives don't want to be seen as blocking progress with their peers, and they're all kind of in a little bit of competition with each other. So you get the ones that are really interested in engaging, having really great wins early and often, and then being able to showcase that with the executives so that they can come along as well. Before you know it, you do this technique and you will see that you are (laughs) in a situation with Thanksgiving eyes, which is why you've got to manage expectations, because everybody is so excited about the progress that they're making and they want some of that for their team. Okay, we're going to wrap it up here. So what have we talked about today? If you want executive buy-in, it is important to understand first the perspective of the executive, understand their goals, their challenges, their priorities, and tailor your approach to effectively communicate the value of the PMO based on what they care about. That includes defining a clear vision and strategy for the PMO that is aligned with the organization's goals, and then you want to create a roadmap of success that stays in alignment with those goals. You can create a compelling business case for your PMO. Again, these are all things that we go into a lot of detail in in the program because they are so important. You can create a compelling case for the PMO and show not just the benefits and all the on-time, on-scope, on-budget and process and tool stuff. You really want to focus on what they care about, the benefits, what it's going to cost and how they're going to get a return for that investment quickly, not just in what they've invested in you, but in their investment for all projects in the organization. And then when you're communicating the value of the PMO, you have to focus your energy on the outcomes and impact you're driving, the ROI you're driving, and the success stories of others. Let all of that success do the talking for you. And along the way, the only way that you're really going to be able to get the results you're looking for is with and through people, not to people. So you have to build relationships and trust and to do so... You have to have regular communication with them and support them in their decision-making process. And then ultimately give them quick wins, demonstrate small, impactful changes that you can help people make so that they are seeing the needle move very quickly for them personally and for the organization as a whole and include them in both the prioritization process as well as the celebrations of success as you have them. And then finally, to address any concerns and objections or resistance you have along the way, you have to go back to each one of these things we're talking about and make sure that you are having open, honest, direct communication about what's going on and maintaining those relationships and then creating a little creative competition amongst them and their peer group and show the success that some are having so that others are more curious and interested in coming along on the journey with you. Okay, Impact Driver, I know I covered a lot here, but there's so much that is helpful for you here. So I hope that you were taking copious notes or go back and listen to it again. And if you do need the full end-to-end build, setup, elevate, rescue a PMO or strategy delivery team, you belong in the Impact Engine system, 100%. And you can find out more about that at pmostrategies.com forward slash IES. That is pmostrategies.com forward slash IES. You can also learn about the Impact Accelerator Mastermind, which is an optional upgrade. If you are curious about being a part of your peer group that is doing this exact work from all over the world, there's truly nothing else like it. It is just an incredible group. 
And you don't just learn from me. You actually get hands-on workshop experience with uh, top industry thought leaders that we have partnered with from all over the world. So there's a lot of goodness in there, and I definitely encourage you to go check it out. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash IES. You can join us right away for that. And coming this September, don't forget that we have the Impact Summit. It's impactsummit.global. And you can just go right there and register for free to learn about all different kinds of ways that you can make a bigger impact in your organization through the PMO, strategy delivery, transformation, all kinds of great concepts that we're covering this fall. And we're going to have some surprise goodies just for people that are registered early. So go register for free for that right now at impactsummit.global. I can't wait to see you there. Bye-bye for now.